The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Ladies, I think the internet paired us up. I do not think when we have posted who we should have on the podcast that there has been more of a response than you guys, Kat and Nat. People love you. That shocks me, and I'm, I love that so, so much. Nice to hear. I know. So I feel very like we have, like we need to have a lot of high expectations met right now. So oh we're going to work real hard today. <laughs> okay, let's go. The pressure is so on. So you guys, <laughs> today we have Cat and Nat here. If you don't know them, their name, they don't have last names. They are purely just Cat and Nat. And yeah. I promise you've seen a viral video of them. You've probably shared it with one of your besties at some point in time if you don't know who they are. BFF Mom Goals. They have a podcast, they make the best videos, an Instagram account, a book, and a comedy tour. You guys are just hysterical and the best, and so we're so excited for this today. Oh, so excited to meet you and to be on the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. I don't even know where to start with you because I've got so many, I've got so many questions for you. I think the first thing is, how did you become? I don't feel like you set out to make viral videos, but- what happened? Not at all. We set out to spend time together because we had babies and we didn't want to, we didn't want a mom alone. And then we decided that we wanted to sort of put something out there into the world and we weren't going to sit down and write a blog about it, but we could talk. We have no problem talking and we could focus long enough to do a quick video and talk about what was going on in our lives that seemed to be relatable to every mom we were running into everywhere. So we just created the videos and apparently At that time when, you know, for the perfection of motherhood was all over Pinterest, we were kind of the opposite of that. And apparently there was people out there that felt the same way. (laughs) I mean, it always changes. I like to hear what version we're going to get. So that was fresh today. That's a new one. I've never heard that one before. That was very good. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And I I would say that I feel like it's getting a little bit better of like the real side of motherhood, but we're not there yet. Like we still are not there yet. Right. Wait, it's like- I have. I actually have an epiphany, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I realized that there is actually so much. Oh, I don't know if I should say this or I'm getting in trouble, but now it's almost so. What's the word? Like melancholy. Melancholy. It's whatever that word like it's is. The opposite. Instead of thinking everything's perfect, you want to talk about how bad everything. So everything is. seems so bad, and like everyone's like, you're gonna miss it. Kiss them and watch their faces, and they're gonna change. And you know, yeah. everything you could do could ruin everything in their lives. So be careful every yeah. move you and- make. Motherhood is terrible. So now I feel like <laughs> our Instagram account has changed so much where now it feels like we're trying to inspire fun and joy because I feel like that's what's missing now. So yeah. I feel like we're evolving and I really do feel like there's a lot of raw, honest motherhood, but to the point where we're not talking about the joy anymore. And that's what's scaring me as a consumer of the internet. And we're on like, 
we're almost creating our own joy so that we can remind people, yeah, it's hard, but y'all, this is fun. We can have fun. We can do this. Because when you spend a lot of time like on TikTok and Instagram, you're going through stories and reels and videos. And you, when you're finished and you think about how heavy everything you just heard was, and then you come across somebody. And then the news comes on and you're like, oh, oh no, God, I, I can't handle this. Yeah. yeah. Someone's having fun and you're like, now this is where I feel like uh, this is the place I need. And not to be like, What's that word where we, everyone says you can't be like, like toxic, optimistic, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We, we probably fall there somewhere <laughs> because we just would rather be in denial and have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're overly toxically, ridiculously happy with toxic a, positivity with a side of tequila to help on yeah. the, with things <laughs> moving. Yes. It's not toxic positivity. It's literally realness. And I also feel like I okay, everything okay. is so judgy, right? It's like sometimes I get off of Instagram or TikTok and I'm like, wow, here's the five things I should be doing and the five things I definitely shouldn't be doing. And now, you know, like you get in this spiral of just, why is everything judging? Like, why can't we just be honest about it? It can be hard. We can have two feelings at once. We're all adults, right? It can be hard and there can be fun moments and there can be joyous moments. And we can laugh about what a mess our house is, but we can also enjoy time with our kids. And the only other thing that I I remind myself when I'm feeling like everyone seems to be doing it better or like something's happening with my children or myself that- Do you ever feel that? What? Yeah, no. So I'm definitely, I'm like, I finally have an outfit that like doesn't look terrible. And then I put up Instagram and everyone else's outfits are better. And how come their shoe, where did they get their shoes? Who knows what to wear? And like their kids have brushed hair and they don't have dirty clothes. And then I'm at a home and my kid is like throwing a tantrum down. But I think that you need to remind yourself too, is that sometimes you're just, you're judging yourself and nobody's trying to make you feel bad. Usually it's just that you're feeling, you know, you're feeling something you might need to change at home. Like I just had a major like parenting, like, am I a bad mom? Because my kid is doing this thing. Teaching. I, I know, but you're, you're, I know, but that's just a moment in time. Well, of course, but a moment in time as a mother feels like a decade, you oh, know? I never judge. If I don't think, I don't, of course, you're, you're not doing judging. a bad job. If I say, I, I would say, now nah, I'm like, you're more like, dude, this is I'm not sure if you do anything you would tell me I was doing. Yeah, I, are you sorry, sure? Sorry, that was a side. <laughs> I love it. I need to know what you think you're a bad mom over. Oh, just my kid was the only, only, he's always been the only kid who I can't just drop off. And he just goes and says, bye mom and joins in fun. When I'm putting him in like the best situations ever, like the kid is in hockey. He loves hockey. So the bunch of friends that he knows, he's seen these people before and I couldn't leave the camp for a whole week. I had just only mom out of hundreds of kids who had to stay because if I didn't stay, then he wouldn't go back tomorrow or he'd cry and throw a temperature tantrum. So I'm looking around the arena and I'm looking around everywhere. There's one mom here. You know, like you're like, what have I done? Like, what, where did I go wrong? Was I, did I spend too much time with him? Did I baby him too much? Anyways, that was a moment in time. He went to his first day of school, the first year ever, and he didn't cry. So I guess I'm back to being a good mom. Yeah. (laughs) You're being back to an A plus mom. Yes. I was actually looking at one of your OG videos this morning of one of them. I think it's OG. I think it was from a long time ago, but it was talking about like the morning drop-off of how it's supposed to look versus the reality. And it is the most accurate thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Because right now I feel like the Pinterest world is really on, here's your perfect lunchbox. Those are going to be perfectly picked out and they're going to put them on and you're going to get out the door. And here we go. I do want to tell everyone that is real, but the thing is, 
the more kids you have, the more they wear you down (laughs) and the less you begin to care or the older they get. I don't even know if it's the more kids you have, but my daughter, the youngest went with like neck tattoos to her school. Both of our kids put neck tattoos the day before school. Like that, no, true story. Like they, they were all tatted up walking into school. And I thought to myself, you know, I, my husband's like, you're going to let her go. I'm like, I'm, I don't have the energy to take off her neck tattoo. She's seven. Let her roll in with like, and they look real. They, know, like they, they look real. Like you're like, what's on your neck? Yeah. And I just thought to myself, and it's kind of a, more of a proper school. I, like, I, I don't know. I don't have the time no. or the care no. to really, I don't care. Go good no. luck, baby. You know, my son came home and he's like, he's going, he's in grade three. And he said to me yesterday when we got home from everything, he's like, all right, mom. So two things we got to work on. We got to work. We got to teach me to read and we got to learn how to tie shoelaces this weekend. And I'm like, cause my older kids, they knew how to tie shoelaces. They knew how to read everything. And I was like, got it, teach. We're, we'll, we're on it. So yeah. I'm like, let me send him over to her daughter and he can learn from her daughter. She goes hey, to my seven-year-old, can you teach him how to tie a shoe? She's like, I got it. I'm, like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You're tired. <laughs> you just get like, I don't care. Sure. Wear what you want to wear. I just triple knotted them today and really tight. She's like, what if I need to get my shoes off? I'm like, I don't know. Cut them off. I can't deal with this. I have to go to school. I got them on. Will not get them off. Like a case in point. That's just what happened. I mean, I'm screwed for, I have one kid. I'm screwed for number two and three because I feel like already with number one, there are certain things. Yeah. A plus, like you got that. But there are other things right now. I'm like, I don't have the time to get you out of your pajamas into regular clothes on the weekend right now. Like we're just going pajamas all day. It's happening. Isn't that amazing though? You know, we realized a little while ago that everyone is, you know, everyone around you is like, you know, you need to do more. You need to do this. You need to take time for yourself. You need to do, Ken and I are like, how about this? How about you do less? Because we found the less we do, the more they pick up their own pieces and then you get more time for yourself. Do less. That's our effect. I literally had a call with the parent. They like to like meet you like when they start. And I was just like, my children are responsible for their own learning. So if they forget, like let them know what they need to do because I don't read emails because there's too many of them. And I figure it's their lives. (laughs) She's in grade two. And I was like, I was like, I just need to give you the, like, giving you the lowdown that this is how this relationship works. And I think she was like, okay, you know, because most yes. parents are like, I want to know what homework Every I Every time get. we get an email from one of the teachers telling us about the new unit they're doing in science, I'm like, I did science. I already graduated. Yesterday he comes home and he's like, I have to read to you in French for 15 minutes. I go, she did not say that you have to read. He goes, to one of my parents, I have to read it out loud. I'm like, why are you reading to me? Read to yourself. <laughs> the dog. Read to the dog. That's why we got one. I don't understand how I got involved in all this. hundred <laughs> percent. And also like you guys have made it, you guys have made it far. You still have like some younger kids, but you made it to like the tween years. I don't know if it gets no, easier than. I, I, no. No, no, this is when it gets real. No. This is when it gets no. real. This is when the decisions literally like can define the rest of their lives. Like they can put something on the internet and it's forever like. Kicked out of school, you arrested. Know? Do you know how many times hired? I'm like, listen you're going to have sex, use a condom. Mm. If you're going to do drugs, don't do hard ones. Because, you know, telling them not to do it's probably they're going to go do you it. You just don't want a record so, so you can't travel. Yeah, I'm like, you know, if you're going to get arrested, make sure you get out of the cuffs. Like, let's go, you know? So I... And don't drive a car ever. Never drink and drive. Like, you know, hard rules. But that's about it. Yeah. And be I, nice. Be, yeah. And, but if you're not nice, I probably already screwed up. Oh, I, and I won't tell you how many times I've had to say, like, don't send nudes. Like, I keep reminding all not of Not because my, they have, but just to prepare them to make sure they don't. I'm just like, you know, and an, a, another big one, this might, we messed up crazy, but I do want to tell parents, uh, 
that a phone is a, if I could give one piece of advice, if anybody wants to hear it, I'll give it to them. We want it. It's this, a phone is a skill. It's not just a piece of technology. So my seven-year-old has access to one and I am, I have to teach her how to communicate on there. And I believe that it's a skill from when they're younger and I, you have to keep teaching them the message because they will mess up, but they'll make a baby mess up in, in when they're seven and they'll make a way bigger one if they just not, if they haven't learned how to use it properly when they're 15. So I'm like, it's when I see her messages, I can say, you know, we, that is hurtful to that person. Can you know, they sent she sent a picture of her and her friend at a sleepover to another friend and God bless all the little girls that are seven. Now all have feelings and let everyone know. She goes, well, now I feel left out and I'm hurt. This is what the little girl responded. And so I had to say, do you see why this is hurtful? You know, but that was such a lesson for me to, because I don't think there would be. Instead of giving a kid a phone when they're in grade nine for the first time, and, and then they've had no practice. And kind of using it to be mean. And I don't think they were trying to be mean. I just think they didn't know that they lesson. They don't know. So yeah. I really do think that don't be afraid of the things they're in. Just try to teach the lessons of how to use it and those conversations because kids are mean. And I, even if you're a kind parent, they do things in technology. When you speak on technology, it can sound mean, even when you're not meaning to be mean. Like you can't read verbiage when you're talking. Especially my emails back to people. And I've always <laughs> taught my, yeah, she did no hi, no bye, just right to the point, not even an exclamation mark. But I said, you know, don't ever write something mean. Don't If someone says, I don't like so-and-so, what do you think? I always say, just say, I like that person too. Like, you know, teaching our teenagers to respond with kind and grace in text messages I just think no one Snapchat doesn't just erase. You know, someone can grab that and it can be there forever and ever. And they're like, oh, but you can see they screenshotted. I'm like, doesn't so matter. It's still out there to the whole school. Yeah. So I and really do think that parents get yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think we, I think we fear technology and I think parents really do have to teach their children habits of how to use it healthy. And I know we're talking a lot. I don't know what your next question was, but I do want to say, which is very confusing is that recently we were talk, talking to a sex expert about how to like keep your sex life alive and stuff like that. And she's like, we were talking, they were like, send some nudes, start try, instead of taking some pictures and nudes of yourself. I'm like, hold on. Doesn't this go against everything I'm telling my kids? Like, there's an iCloud. The whole family's going to pull up the nudes on like right. you know, family picture night. There's and he's my husband now, but I mean, he could use those against me once we get divorced one day. You know what? No news. You know, what? just, flash, I think no news. a nip at the table when no one's looking. Oh, okay. that's way better. That's in real life. That's amazing. But also I'm just thinking like <laughs> the technology piece is by far overwhelming because like yeah. a seven-year-old, there's so much power that comes along with a phone. Like they can really mm-hmm. get into some, they get in some places, but if we don't actually start it and we don't actually teach them, then you're right. They're going to just jump off a cliff one day. And you yeah, know. you don't think after two years, we were in COVID for two years and they were on technology for two years. You think we they can, said, you think we can now backtrack and yeah. we're already, if you, if your child lived through COVID on a device, they're way ahead of you, way ahead of you. Yeah. So I didn't choose this. The world chose this and now I have to lean into it. Mm-hmm. And this is just what their world was. All Unfortunately, it was all out of our hands, but she was a kindergartner on a device for JKSK grade one. So I'm kind of like, at this point, I'd be a fool not to teach her what to do because they have group chats named with all their friends. That's how savvy grade twos are. And I'm not just talking one, they have multiple group chats. And you can start off with all the parental controls and then you can ease your way in. Yeah. 
wait, I feel so Canada right now. What is SKJK1? What is S and J? Oh, kindergarten. Preschool, kindergarten. We have junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten. You have preschool, kindergarten, grade one, or first grade, as you say. We give universal, it's basically universal childcare, but they go into the school at when they're four years old and they get junior kindergarten, which is baby kindergarten. And then they go to senior kindergarten and then grade one. I don't think any mom's complaining about that. That's ideal. Oh, sure. We are not. (laughs) Right. All the child care and more. Laughter. I feel like you guys, like I'm laughing anytime I watch anything, anytime I'm talking to you now, how in those moments, like the real hard moments, the moments when you're like, oh shit, like there's poop everywhere or there's, (laughs) as they get older, like, you know, they getting into trouble on (laughs) social media or something like that. Do you go in laughter in those moments or does it take you a minute? What do you do? I think that's where community is so important, right? Like, I can, I will call Nat and be like, I am so like, uh, I'm so mad, but like, you know, I just think a community and friendship is so important. And, you know, we don't ever like to talk badly about our children. Except to each other. Yeah. But we, but when you have a community, you know how much you love them, you know, and it's kind of out of fear and concern that you don't really know what you're doing when we talk about, you know, what we talk about. But I just think that laughter, I think that so many of us as moms, if you can look back and think, well, I, what we want our children to remember is us having fun and being happy. And I just hope they remember me smiling because what better way to get through, get through motherhood than them seeing you happy in the journey, even though it's hard. And I think you can be happy and hard at the same time. And listen, teenagehood is no joke. Like I was a social worker and a child and youth worker, and I worked with children in jail who literally wanted to murder me and had murdered some people or attempt, like we're really tough. Nothing touches it because when it's your own child who you can't control anymore and you can't just walk away, it's, it's infuriating and degrading. And you're like, Oh my God. And I was sitting in the car yesterday with a bunch of the girls I was carpooling and they were all talking about how much they hate their parents. And one's like, if I had your mom, I wouldn't be, I would love to trade my mom for your mom. You know, kind of joking. And Olivia's like, no, you wouldn't. She's terrible. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so, but you know, the other thing when she's saying about our children remember us being happy, the two of us were raised by single moms who had like a shit hand dealt to them. And I can only imagine how stressful it was. And I mean, we were aware, but we also, when I look back, I remember my mom putting on like music and having dance parties. I remember the times when she was still having fun. And I remember thinking that she liked being a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing to remember. But it was also a really good example is that you can, it can be really stressful being a mom, you know, money, kids, marriage, no marriage, whatever, but there is a place for fun. And it's really, it doesn't mean puzzles and Barbies either. It can just be no puzzles and Barbies over here. That when you find joy, whatever that, and I know that sounds so cliche and I would hate for someone to say that to me if I wasn't having joy at the moment. But I really do think that if we as a society and as a group, as a collective can start to change a conversation about joy and laughter and fun um, and encourage our kids to continue to have fun because they're going through so much, especially like in their teenage wean years, to see that they can still have fun. I mean, we like to laugh with our kids. I mean, we love, we love farts and the kids love farting. We love laughing about it. You know, it's like small things. You got to yeah. remember what it's like to be a kid sometimes. And laugh at yourself. Like it really yes. is like, I mean, there's so many moments where you're just like, is this real life? Completely. But also I, like when I bring laughter to my son everything gets easier. 
Like when I'm more of like the drill sergeant, like it's time for bed, let's go to bed. Like bed was five minutes ago. It's time to get in versus I just get on his level and get super silly and try to do it. It's all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, we're having fun in the process. He's more inclined to listen to what I want to do. And I think it just, it lifts everything. Like sometimes I think kids can teach us to be silly because they're silly. And I think we're just a little too serious. Yes. A whole lot of the time. You're so right. And then you can make a routine that could be really tedious, actually enjoyable. Yeah. Do you feel like your kids, I feel like the goal is to raise kids that like you could then go have a drink with or hang out with or do something like that. You feel like your teens, like, do you see that happening? You getting there? Out of a total privileged place this summer, we took our girls to New York and they were, it felt like the perfect age. We used all of our points and we went and stayed at like an amazing hotel with them. And the trip was the first time where like no one cried. They like, we walked for hours. We were up to like midnight every night. We ate at restaurants we wanted to eat at that they enjoyed. We They went off and were independent without us, like in a very small area. They like, we actually, we went to rooftop patios with them and they were able to sit and like actually have a conversation. I think we laughed the entire weekend. <laughs> like did. we literally laughed the entire weekend. And I was thinking it was kind of the first time we had an experience where we were with them, not like we didn't have to parent them. It was really, I hope to do that. Well, I'm doing that with each one of them and that yeah. all of our kids are best friends. So each one will have to come with the trip. I'm the planner and then we go. So. And that is two out of seven. You're going to have to get back to us in about seven years and see if we could do the same thing with all of them. We Who will. Knows? We will. <laughs> So seven I see it years. coming. Sometimes yeah. when I hear that like out, you know, like, oh wait, how long until then? Like seven years. That's just, it's wild. Uh-huh. And oh. and those girls are only 13, the ones we took. Like, yeah, they're so we young. We still have a long journey with them, but. Yeah, we might get, I you know, know, it might change for now. It worked well. Who knows? The other ones might ruin it. The uh, next round. Like, they might ruin it. Right now we like them all. So far, so good. Winning. And I feel like 13 <laughs> year olds these days are more like 15 to 17 year olds right. of when I, when we grow up, right? Yes. Like they're just, it's a different world. Yeah. It's a different world. I adore you. So you guys have a book. Tell us everything. What's next for you? What are you doing? Uh, what are your goals? So our first book was called Mom Truths, which is literally based on those viral Mom Truths videos that we put out all the time. This is that are just based on conversations between two best friends talking about everything from being a woman, an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife, a sister, and everything, all of those true stories. And then this year, well, during the pandemic. That book keeps on going too. People keep damning us being like, it. my neighbor, I mean, my neighbor, my neighbor was like, I'm listening to your book. I'm like, no, you're it's, not supposed to know what I do. I know, but it's for every mom, every yeah. mom. And then we came out with Mom's Secrets that, you know, this is a little bit more experienced mom story. I think we, it's before the time. It's going to be in the next year or two where people will begin to really appreciate the honesty that we share in it because I think- And Mom's Secrets. yeah. I do. I think a lot of people, it, we kind of push the envelope to be completely honest with you in the conversations that we have. It's still always funny, but we're pretty raw and honest about like the confessions in there. And it's also a story about like, now that we aren't brand new moms, we sort of see ourselves as, you know, the women that we've become not being so drowning in babies and telling the story of like how we became the people that we are and how we see the world because of our experiences. And that instead of, you know, looking back and saying, you know, those things crushed us and dwelling on them, they're what made us able to be ourselves, able to have fun, able to have fun with our kids. And the really weird thing about motherhood is, and I don't know how long we have, but I will say one thing is that when you have a baby, you're 
don't really, when you're in the baby world, you don't have much else to think about. And it feels so like, consuming. it feels like it's forever. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of moms go through a lot of loss because when their babies get independence at say four or five years old, you kind of, in a way you just not become obsolete, but your job is not what it used to be. And I think the transition is a lot of women get lost. And so it leaves some space and space that like is filled with a different place than before you had babies. And how do you fill that space? Not only just like your mind, but physically work everything. Who are you? Like, what are you now? You know, a lot of men like in traditional relationships don't stop their growth, their career, their identities. They keep going, but women like literally stop and then have to like stop again and be like, what am I? Who am I? And how do I make this new life work with what I was and who I am? So I think it's a big time for like a lot of people feel very lost earlier than when their kids just graduate from university. And I think it's really important to think about that sort of ideology that you don't stop as a person just because you become a mom. And I think a big part of our identity and why we kind of created this community was to have a place that was just sort of for us as women and as moms. And when someone's like, how do you feel about what you talk about on your podcast? Your kids will listen or kids. I'm like, this isn't for kids. And there's conversations we can have as mothers and women that are not meant for children. And that's the problem is men can have whatever they want without being judged of, what are children going to think? You ever been to a trading floor? You know what I mean? What they're watching and what they're doing? It's for adults. And I feel the same way for women that no one really gives them a safe space to have feelings or have conversations or doubts or identities or I don't know what, no one supports them. They just kind of have a baby and they're like, figure your shit out. Good luck. Exactly. It's like this tornado too of like babyhood is like a tornado and then all of a sudden it stops and it's this vacuum. And then it's just, well, what next? Like, what do I do now? What do I do? And even, I think it's actually really hard to make mom friends. It really mm-hmm. is hard to find people that can understand you and you don't feel judged if you're honest and you don't, you know, you don't try to conform to, I feel like we try on these hats, right? It's like, okay, now I'm a mom in kindergarten. Which friends are going to be my friends? Yeah. And what am I going to say? And which act do I put on when I'm in front of them? Because sometimes if we're just plainly honest, some people are okay with that. And some people are like, that means you're a bad mom and no one wants to hear they're a bad mom. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot in the beginning. I feel like there's a lot of like worrying about judgment. And I think that even when we first became moms, of course you think that your way is the right way because if the other way was the right way, then you would feel like you're doing it wrong. And then we came to realize that everyone's totally doing it different. And what's working in your house isn't working in my house, but we could still be friends. And listen, we heard some wild stories. Like we hear some wild stories, but, and I'm sure some people think what I did was like, I would never do that with my child. Like, you know, I would never like do all of those things that you do, but you have to know that your family and your home is your own, it's own, your own team and your own brand. And it is not in competition with anybody else. And that she can literally like, I mean, I don't want to use examples because I don't want, like, I I don't want to put anything out there, but she can do it in a way that you could never even imagine considering, but she could still be a cool chick. And when you're good with your own place, you don't care what other people do. Like you really don't care. Like we've heard some crazy things and I, like, I'm like, good for you. Like I don't have the energy or the time. Well, we also are inspired by some of the moms who do it so differently than us. The ones that are like very organized or like have perfect meals, like all these things. I'm like, I'm so inspired by you. By the way, can you help me out? Because yeah. I don't have a lot of time I have my hands. Could you maybe like take my kid and feed my kid and do all the things? And usually they're like, sure, because they love it. Yeah. That, <laughs> I love that you said like the confidence thing, because that's actually what I was thinking is I think in motherhood, 
there is an innate feeling that we have, but there's so much unknown and there's not a training course. And so I think when we're navigating it, we are completely off kilter because we're trying to figure out what works. And then when we find something that works, we feel like, well, we just cracked the code. Now I really want to spread to everyone that this is the code that's cracked, but every kid and every experience is different. So it comes from, I think a lot of times it just comes from a great place, but it's Uh because we're all feeling a bit insecure about something we've never done and the stakes are high. You know, we want to raise kids that are great. Like we don't want to mess this thing up, but we, yeah, we just don't, we just don't know. And also I think it's, it's just so important for us as moms to reiterate to our own children that we're great moms. And I think that when you say it's kind of like standing in front of the mirror naked to get confident, they say like, tell the world you're a great mom and stop, you know, pretending you're a bad mom because you haven't done something. And I've been telling my kids regularly, like, I'm a great mom and and you're, this is, we're all, this is great. Like, you know, rather than Mm -hmm. self-deprecating, I don't think it's humble. I think that we need to to send that message and stop apologizing for being a good mom and, you know, not being guilty for what we're doing because guilt is an apology, is an apology and you should not be apologizing for, you know, doing our best. Yeah. So I, my new thing is tell my kids regularly. I told the whole car yesterday, the whole carpool. I'm like, I'm I'm a great mom. You have a great mom. And so do all of you, just so you know, you have great moms are doing the best they can. I think other moms should pump up, you know, other moms too, in front of their children. Yes. And pump up our kids. Like even when our kids are like, you are a good kid. You are great. Like they call lots of that. You are great. Yeah. Yeah, But also (laughs) hearing your own parent talking about you positively, not to you, but to someone else. Is really amazing. That's a good, that's a good tip. That's a good hack. Yeah. That's a good hack. And when it's like not something that they earned, like I find the best one. It's not like when you drew the letter you were supposed Mm -hmm. to or whatever it is, just like I had such a nice time Mm -hmm. today playing and you were such a great kid and telling someone else that and they overhear that. It's like, like I am a good I got another hack for you this weekend. Okay. All of us were talking about one of Nat's kids' friends. He was so polite and all the parents were talking Mm, about how polite he was and what that kid actually did, why we thought it was also polite. Well, lo and behold, like three days later, don't all of them at some point go and do exactly what that kid did. They weren't even in on the conversation, but they They heard us talking. They were hearing us talking and now they all go and do it. And I was like, that's that talk about the positive things you love without them actually hearing it. They're going to go yes. and do it. Yes. Yeah. That was a good, we, that kid really was a good, he was a good tool for us. Literally the other day, your kid <laughs> came back and knocked on the window. Oh, I was like, good. he heard what yes. we said. They also all saw that he said to a group of adults, they said, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? And they saw him say that. And I was like, did you? Wow. I'm like, that's what that is. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Hey, we got it. We got it. How old is your How old is your kid? I should probably know exactly. He's four and a half, almost four and a half. I feel like you have some really good like handle on. Yeah, good handle, but good insights just on like being a mom and like everything you're saying. It's like you kind of yeah, you got a grip. You've got a grip on this. I'm glad I got a grip. I do. <laughs> I am a pediatric dietitian, so I do stuff with kids prior to okay. having a kid. But just like you said, you can be mm-hmm. around it, and when it's your own kid, it is a whole different ball game. Like, oh my God, do your friends call you all the time for advice? All the time. Yes. But I love it. If I can help, I'm that person. It's like, call me, but also I'm a dietitian that does not do anything perfectly. Like if you saw my meals, you'd be like, I can't believe a dietitian is serving their kid. This is the way it looks. 
because it's not about, it is not about being perfect and things looking perfect. And honestly, kids learn more when it's more sustainable, when it is just what it is. So I think more about like, how am I doing over a two week period? Not within 24 hours. We cannot grade 24 hours. Perfect. Perfect. Love that. And then I feel like you get to an age and this is your podcast, not mine, where you just are happy they're eating and you don't care what it is because they, a 13 year old girl, you like, just put it in your mouth. I'm not saying a thing. Go for it. You know what I mean? Like then you just get to the age where you're like, don't care. Don't care. You know what? I think the best parenting tool that we can use in almost everything is just being nonchalant, playing it cool. If we played it more cool with food and we didn't make it such a big deal, if we played it cooler with desserts and didn't make a big deal, when they get when they do something wrong and we don't make it a big deal, like when we can just play it cool, they respond to that. It's when they see our reactions or that they're really getting they're really getting a moment here. Like they know we really want them to eat their spinach. Spinach isn't going to be eaten then. Like the more pressure we put on it, it's just not going to happen. So and we you kind of have to it. just like step back and trust them. And you watch it every time, you know, you're with a group of parents and there's that parent who's on them for the food and you're going to get the dessert and everything is, so, and that is the kid that literally is the most rebellious with their food and doesn't want to do what the mom's saying. You're like, just chill. I'm sure all the kids are eating. They're probably going to eat too. Just let it go. A hundred percent. I always say like, there's things to be strict about. Like you can be strict about like when meals happen, right? We don't need to be like eaten all day long for 12 hours. Like there are things that we can put some structure in. I shouldn't even say strict structure, mm-hmm. but then there's a certain point we just have to step mm-hmm. back and just take a breather and they're going to grow and they're going, they're going to make it through. And so I love that. I think every mom needs to hear that. Totally. Which I try to like bring that realness. I'm like, if I'm a pediatric dietitian, I'm telling you this is okay. And this is what I serve. I hope you actually feel like that's okay because it does not need to look like this Pinterest. We have so many of our daughter's friends who who don't eat. And so, and it's a big conversation. And so honestly, we thought it would have changed by now, but it's not. So in fact, after the pandemic, it seems kind of worse. So we are just like, you know, if you're a young mom listening with young children, just... (laughs) They don't need any extra pressure. Yeah, food is food. And you're just, you know, whenever our girls eat a meal, we're like another day that they're, we're not tackling that issue, you know? And like we're high-fiving each other on the side. Another day they're eating. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Well, you guys, I could talk to you forever, literally ever. You can send those friends. If they need help, send them over. I can help them. Oh my God, we'd love to have you on our podcast to tackle that conversation. Because I think it's really something that isn't spoken about anymore, which is so confusing for us moms, you know, as a whole. Totally. So confusing. Anytime, any day, I'm there. You let me know. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you for taking time to speak with us. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 833-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.